I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, organically keeping on going. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> organic. Um, man, that e- loss Everything's sucked. organic right now. Organic. Yeah, I know. You got to have organic bananas, organic apples, or organic steak. Organic speak- vehicles. There's organic vehicles now too. There's like organic cars, organic bikes. Do you know in, organic in Dallas, tanks? Okay. In Dallas, it's been like 80 degrees the past two days. It's been crazy. Broke out the grill. I grilled out for the first time in 2019. It was a it was a marvelous marvelous day. But, um, man, this loss sucked. Like I. I absolutely hated this loss. I was so frustrated at the end of this game, and I really, really wanted this win bad. It's too bad you missed that shot at the end. <laughs> I couldn't get it off in time. I think it's funny. I think it's funny when people, uh, and I am kind of making fun of you. I think it's funny when people are like, I wanted this win. Like, I wanted this yeah. for us. It's like, I wanted this for us. Of course, I can say I wanted this win. And you know what? Okay. You know what pisses me off even more is when fans are out there really following this tank thing and saying, I want to tank. I, I'm sorry, bro. I can't get on board with that crap. When you sit there and you're going to root for the Rockets of all teams, they're actually Mavs fans in the arena or on Twitter wanting the Rockets to win. And then when you watch this game and you're going down through the, these tough moments, and I feel like it's a broken record. It's what we've done the past two years on this podcast. But when I tweet out a thing of Luca on the bench with his hand, like his head in his hands, it, he was obviously pissed off. He was mad. He was sad. He talked about it after the game. And I'm like, those are the tweets. Those are the gifts I, I put out there because it means something. Like it, it, it really does affect these players. And I just, I, I can't get on board with that. I, there's never a scenario in which I root for the Rockets to beat the Mavericks because of freaking ping pong ball. There's no, there's no way. Who texted me in the middle of the game that the Grizzlies and the Hawks had both won? I don't know. I don't have your phone. <laughs> Actually, it was a Twitter DM. Exactly. Exactly. You're watching this, though. You're into Of course it. I'm going to follow these other teams, but it doesn't mean I'm going to root for the Rockets. No, 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 not root for the Rockets at all. It's, okay, it's, if you root for your team to lose and they're playing the Rockets, you're rooting for the Rockets. There's yeah. no way I could cheer for James Harden and Chris Paul. I'm sorry. And I'm extra salty when we play the Rockets just because they're so easy to dislike. They're so frustrating to watch. They're so I like Chris Paul is in my top five of um dislikable players in the league. <laughs> uh, like, James, James 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 Harden's up there too. And uh yeah. I mean you know my I have well, you know I have a story behind Chris Paul too that goes back that is like off air but you know there's more to that but wow, still why do you gotta do that to the listeners you're just completely I, no, just, no just i'm just saying out of this whole podcast no i'm just saying you know that there's stuff the raccoon it. squad deserves better how many so how many pictures do you take with fans and now you just boxed them out of the 
Hey, you, special shout out. There are two fans tonight that hollered from the stands and said, Isaac, one, they know what I looked like. It said, locked on Mavs. And uh, I went up to the stands. We, we took pictures. We talked about the pod and, and everything. It, it's cool. So shout out to you guys. Um, yeah, DM me the pictures so I know so I can follow you guys on Twitter. Did you? Did they ask how you can undermine me to get me off the podcast? One of them did ask uh, why Nick is a Lakers fan, and uh, <laughs> that was that was fun to talk about. I had to kind of can't decide where how, you're born, bud. Sorry about I, it. Had to explain how I Nick can't decide is. where I went to college though, and I went to college in Dallas, and that's why I started covering the uh, Dallas Mavericks. So there you go. And, All right, today on the podcast, we'll obviously talk about the Dallas Mavericks' 93 to 94 clutch loss to the Rockets. We'll talk about that last play for sure. There's a lot of stuff to unpack in that last play. We will talk about the lottery and uh, the Mavs schedule going forward, and then we will talk about Dirk and Wilt Chamberlain. That's coming up. We'll also hear from Luca about that last loss uh, against the Rockets. Got a, a couple interesting things, a couple couple little spicy Luca comments that I want to talk about and get to. So, all right, Isaac, let's just get uh, this out of the way. No, no. So the Mavericks right now in the lottery standings. So that we're all we're talking about the lottery standings. So any anytime I use a a verb like up or down, <laughs> this is up in the lottery standings. So this is closer to the number one pick. Our current the Mavericks are currently tied for sixth, the sixth best odds in the lottery. Meaning right now they have a thirty four point eight percent chance to get a top four pick, which would keep their pick. So we're about at a third. We're, we're just a little over a third percent chance, like a third. Third of the outcomes, the Mavericks will keep their pick, and that's that's kind of exciting. They're yeah, t- I mean, for being real, six is as, is as far down they're going to go. And well, the thing is, right now they're tied with Washington, so they're tied with Washington. So those odds, those odds, kind of are, are evened out even more because you're tied with Washington. And uh, if they're able to, if if Washington is able to get a couple more wins, and the Mavericks are going to continue this losing, then their odds will increase a little bit more. Yes. But still, six is going to be the small, the farthest they'll go down. Right, They're right. not going to pass Atlanta, probably. But it'll it could still go up from the thirty four percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The percentage, yeah, percentage go up some. Um, yeah. So when when uh, we were talking about Atlanta winning, and that's really doesn't affect it a ton. Like Atlanta had to go on a huge winning streak. Yeah, Atlanta is twenty three and forty five right now. The Mavericks are twenty seven and thirty nine. So that's four games, pretty much. It's, yeah. That's a lot. It's six losses and four wins. That's, that's and, and here and here's the thing. This is so we're both fans of the Ringer and we listen to the Ringer NBA and Bill Simmons pod yeah. stuff. Okay, so Kevin, uh, Kevin shout O'Connor, out to Sharks, uh, shout out to Sharks, our friend of the pod, Personal both friend. of yeah, friend of ours. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> which is super random. I texted him yesterday. I let him like pass in front of me on the highway, and I didn't know it was him. So I, it was weird. But anyway, um, wait, you didn't know it was him? No, I knew. I he passed in front of me. Like it's kind of hard to explain, but I knew it was him, so I texted him something. And it was like super weird because what you are the chances? While, you did this while you were driving. No, I had parked. I had my car in park, and that's when I texted. <laughs> um, but it, this is one of my things to just keep in mind is so Kevin O'Connor has been on this whole thing with the Lakers is saying, oh, they're only two games back from the spot, and they need to keep losing and lose here. They're in this. He, spot he wants now. every team to blow it up though. It, 
Yes, but <laughs> he's his, been on the same. He's been on the same about the Lakers. He said they're only two spots away. It's just a couple more losses. Here's my thing, and when people say that, and when Mavs fans say, "Oh, it's only for other teams are losing too," like, yeah. so, like you got like seriously, <laughs> yeah. Even if you do lose two, like if you lose the next two games, and the other teams below you lose more games too, like you're not going to move anywhere. So you got to look at this and say. How many of these other, now? I get it. Your counter is well. Memphis just beat Utah the other night, and now they beat somebody else tonight or last night. When you listen to this, um, Joakim Noah could be our could could be some uh, people's savior when it comes magic. to it. They beat the Magic. They beat the Magic. So yeah, I mean, other team. It's not as simple of oh, they're four games up on Atlanta. You know, that's just four more losses. Doesn't work that way, and some fans fall into that trap. And trust me, we get tweets and we hear it sometimes. I'm like, oh, that's just four losses. No, these other teams are losing too. So yeah, Atlanta would have to go on a four-game win streak if that's your your rationale. And it's five games, by the way. Okay, it's five games. So yeah, I mean, in in this whole thing, whether you're a fan, like I'm obviously not a fan of tanking, but I am following this whole race between Dallas, Memphis, Washington. Uh, what New Orleans is probably in there too, I guess. I don't know how they're far. They're thirty and thirty nine. They already have thirty wins. That's probably too many. Wow. So at, at this yeah, rate, so <laughs> it, it's kind of you know those teams in that group there, and it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. So the Mavericks' next couple of games, they play home on Tuesday against the Spurs. They play uh, at Denver on Thursday. And then they play on uh, at home on Saturday against the Cavaliers. That's the Mavericks' next three games. So the San Antonio and Denver ones, very losable. The uh, Cleveland one is not losable. Um, <laughs> I guess it could be. It's at home, though. I can't imagine that team will, will drop that game. And then Washington's schedule, if you're looking at just the Wizards, so if you want the Mavericks to stay in the sixth spot and the Wizards to win a couple games and move out of it, Washington has Sacramento Kings at home on Monday. They have Orlando at home on Wednesday, and then they have Charlotte at home on Friday. Charlotte is right there in the playoff hunt, so they'll be wanting to win. Orlando is right there in the playoff hunt. They'll they'll be wanting to win. Um, and then Sacramento is, is I guess, they're they're kind of just fighting for, for pride right now, I guess, at this point. Yeah. They're, they're uh, four games out of the playoffs. I guess Sacramento's not completely out of it yet. There's, there still is a, a world where they could get in, but it's it's a long shot. It can't. It kind of goes back. We said this a few weeks ago on the pod. It's kind of sad that Dallas couldn't have made a run because everything has played out like you would have dreamed for it to play out. If Dallas had the roster, if Porzingis wasn't hurt, and I get the caveat of, well, if he wasn't hurt, he wouldn't have got traded and all this stuff. But let's say Porzingis came back Which we don't know that. We don't know. If he wasn't hurt and he was playing... It could have been the same thing. He was still upset with that franchise, and that franchise yeah. was still upset with him. That that stuff does not go away. But let's say Porzingis came in and was healthy, and they're like, you know, we're going to push for the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. Everything right now is played out exactly like you would you have wanted, except for the, the Clippers. Clippers, like, falling back. But, like, all of those other teams, New Orleans, they're in a tailspin with the Anthony Davis stuff. The Lakers. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the Kings have fallen off and you know, they're, they kind of lost their momentum and stuff. So it's like all of these teams like that, they could have pushed that and rhythm and challenge and, uh, the Clippers. And <sighs> I didn't, I didn't want the Clippers to make the playoffs, but it looks like they will. They will. Yeah. Clippers are probably going to make the playoffs. Is it, does it ever, 
it's it's crazy the fact that the Clippers are going to make the playoffs and LeBron's not with his team. It's very weird, especially especially seeing the Clippers trade Tobias Harris. They traded their best player and then they got better. It's just a, a very weird thing that they got that culture going. As soon as they they got rid of Lob City, they became a better team. But that's the thing. Even if they miss the playoffs, even for some reason they just like said screw it, we're just going to lose out or something. That's they have proved enough right now to where if you're somebody like Kawhi, that's that's a fun squad that you'd want to go join. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the Mavericks game against the Rockets. We'll hear from Luca, and then we'll talk about Dirk and Wilt. All right, Isaac. So let's get into this Mavericks-Rockets game. Yeah. Uh, a, a fun back-and-forth game, though, to begin yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, Kinda yeah. Kind of low scoring for the, for, for the Mavericks and Rockets, but um, – you had you had a decent back and forth. You had Harden in foul trouble early. That was kind of fun. You had the, you had these switches where Maxi was guarding Harden on on an island, and he hung with him, and he you know stopped him a couple times, and that like that stuff is fun to watch. Uh, you can't praise Maxi Harden and, fails. <laughs> yes, yes, it's always great when Harden fails. Uh, but Maxi when he get when he gets switched off, and that first time they guarded Harden and. He, he really knows how to get his hand up and not commit the foul and Harden. He stuck with him with his feet. Um, so, yeah, he had a couple possessions where he switched out. And that that's the thing. I mean, you saw when Houston played Golden State not too long ago. And, I mean, they just torched Boogie. So, when you have somebody like that that you, you really can't. So, when you put Maxi on the floor, he doesn't get torched. He can hold his own. He can switch off on these guys. Even after the game, uh, somebody asked uh, Rick about it in the post-game press conference. Why didn't Dirk play in the second half? And Rick just said, it was a matchup. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a matchup. I couldn't couldn't have him out and there. Was, and uh, He finally was telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we heard matchups uh, for all of uh, last year with New Orleans. But um, – <laughs> With with Dirk, you know that's just kind of what you say. I just couldn't put him out there with the matchup of with Houston. So yeah, I mean, I you couldn't pray. I thought Maxi played, uh, you know, not stats wise, I guess, but it just seemed like he was all over the court. He had that one possession, he had two blocks in the same like possession. He, I thought he played really well tonight. Yeah, he he had a really good game. This is this is kind of a game where you watch him and you say this is the, this is the guy that we'll play, and we can play him next to Porzingis next year. Or we can play him off the bench next year, and. And feel really good about the team. He didn't hit either of his threes. One of them was a really tough shot. It was kind of a moving late in the shot clock kind of shot that you don't really expect him to make. Um, but he's at least still a threat from there. He had another pump and drive that was that was pretty nice. And uh, 10 points, 11 boards coming off the bench. Three blocks. Yeah, yeah and the more um, – oh, well, no, we'll go down that route later on uh, about like his role in this uh, the future team. But yeah, we got a lot Jet- of time between now and the summer. Oh, yes, we do. Um Yes. Uh, Jalen Brunson, I thought he played a Heck. really good game. I mean, Heck yeah. He, yes. If y'all haven't read my piece on him, it's over 3,000 words. Please go read it. I spent a lot of time on uh, his rookie season, just uh, him in general uh, on this Mavs team. And, uh, I, I, yeah, I love that guy. I love the, the character that he has and how he's been playing lately, how he played tonight. Uh, he, had, he, was, he led the team in scoring for a while until Luka – you know, scored one of those late baskets, and so yeah, I he had eighteen I thought, and Luca had nineteen, so he's just right up there. You have the two yeah. rookies leading your team in scoring. 
It's crazy. And, you know, what he's doing as a second-round pick, you know, we talk about this draft a lot about how deep it is. It's crazy. This is going to go down as one of the deepest drafts because even when you look at the second round, you got Brunson, you got Kuroks, uh, if I said it right. You have Mitchell Robinson. I mean, those are just three guys right there. You have Bruce Brown, who's starting a lot of games for Detroit. I mean, those are four guys right there, second-round picks that are playing a ton of basketball. So, um, I don't think Brunson gets enough love for could he make an all-rookie team. That should be interesting. Ooh, spicy, spicy. Yogi Ferrell made one once upon a time. Yeah, I, I don't think it's out of the realm, but uh, we'll dig into it later on. But it anyway. The, it is in, in the realm of men that he would um, make <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I thought, I thought Brunson uh, played really good tonight. Really good. And he just he just knows what to do, and he knows exactly. Yeah. Skin said something smart on the broadcast. Um in transition, he knows exactly the spot he wants to get to, and he just runs straight to it. And that's that's an underrated thing in transition basketball, or even in half court where you're you're moving pretty fast and you're driving. Like Brunson just knows what spot of the floor I want to go to, and knows what move he wants to do when he gets there, without telegraphing it. Right? Like he doesn't tell yeah. you that he's going to do his his stop turn around or just a stop floater. He doesn't tell you what he's going to do, but he knows exactly what he's going to do. You can tell how decisive he is when he makes those moves. And this is where. It comes down to it. It's not always about the flashy highlights or how high you can jump. And yeah, I'll go there with Dennis, but the difference is between the two. Brunson might not have a forty-inch vertical, but look at the difference between the two when you know them on the court. Brunson seems like he does make you know the right play and just how he plays the the game and and just everything. And it's not. I'm not meaning this as a shot towards Dennis. It's just a there's two different styles and you don't have to have the glaring uh, crazy dunk athleticism to be super valuable on the court and you're seeing the the value of Brunson who I think fits the system better than obviously Dennis did um it's just it just speaks to being able to play the game that that like Brunson can it's just a difference in basketball upbringing you, you, we saw yeah. you know Dennis getting brought up and he played one year at NC State and even his year at NC State didn't really count and he missed a year in high school because you know of his ACL and he played a, a lot of AAU all over the place and he not sure how well he got coached coming up and he really hasn't had a real coach we don't know about high school but definitely in, in college that wasn't a great coaching situation he got paid to be there he apparently requested the payment to get there <laughs> all that stuff came out and then you have Brunson on the other side, which, but, uh, which we don't we don't like disagree with. Like, get your money, bro. Like, oh yeah, I don't care about that. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, not a go knock for on it. him. Yeah, that's yeah. Not go, on him, but there wasn't. Yeah. He didn't go there because he was he loved the coach, right? Like, like that's yeah. what I'm saying. You know, like a lot of college players, they're like, I want to play for Tom Izzo, or I want to play for for Coach K, or I want to play um, Mark Godfrey. <laughs> yeah, and, and but then you have on the other side, you have Jalen Brunson who went to college. He was there three years, and he was able to go there three years because his dad was an NBA player. Yeah. And when your dad is an NBA player, you grow up around the game a lot more, and you're given opportunities that that other players aren't given to. He was able to go to college; he didn't have to go straight out of, you know, college to go to the NBA. So it's just a, it's a different in in upbringing. You're just seeing what that can do for a player in Brunson. It's the basketball IQ yeah. is just very different. You know, the coaches of Villanova, Jay Wright. He's a really good coach. He's a really good coach. You know what? He could be a good NBA coach someday. Someday he could. Definitely. Uh, what did you think about the Mavs trying to double Harden and they, they try to trap him a lot? Um, it seemed to be working, seemed to be bothering him. Obviously, he had the fa- the offensive fouls, and that was, I mean, should have had more. This Rockets team is going to get. I know they have a ton of veterans, and I know that they've been in the playoffs, they've been to Western Conference Finals, but they 
complain about the refs, and the refs rattle them so much. At least Harden, yeah. they get in their head, and he talks about the refs, and he, you know, go, he went to the bench after that fifth foul, and he didn't sit down for like how long didn't he sit down? I, I couldn't yeah. see it because they moved off of him on the broadcast, but it just seemed like every time they panned back, he was still standing up, looking at the ref, and talking to the ref, and in the playoffs, that just that'll derail your team. Especially, a te- especially a team that is that is dependent on one single person so much. Yeah, uh, and I like them. You know, when it comes to the playoffs, you know, they started off really bad to the year, but um, I think they're right. I still, in my opinion, I still think OKC is the biggest threat to Golden State. But I put Houston right, right behind OKC when it comes to playoffs. And and Houston is now in the three seed, so they're not in they're wow. not in the the Warriors bracket anymore. Yeah, so so yeah, I think you got to find ways to get the ball out of Harden's hand and not in these ISOs. And you got to just try to, if it means a PJ Tucker open three in the corner that he hit a dagger three at the end of the game, that's what you got to live with. I mean, I I I I'll, I can uh, if if I'm on the court, you lay your head down at, at night uh, and sleep well if PJ Tucker hits a dagger three on you. So that's just something you just got to live with. For Houston, but I thought their I thought their pickups of Shumpert and Fareed and Austin Austin Rivers, I guess, I, those are like underrated moves that they made this this over the past over the season that I think will help them come to playoffs. And and Kenneth Fareed's one of those guys that we've always been fans of him, but for for like a cheaper contract, I would throw some money at him this this uh, this off season. Okay, you get to pick one. You can't you can't get both. You want Fareed or you want Dwight Powell? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not carrying oh, both no. on my team. Um, if I'm the G. No, no. I want Dwight Powell, but I'm trying to figure out if you can have th- have them both. But I just, I think Fareed's a better rebounder than Dwight Powell. I think I you think can only the, have one of these like Montrez Harrell, Dwight Powell, Fareed kind of guys on your team. Okay, that's just me. Yeah, yeah. Unless you have both Nene and Fareed, then they're the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I, um, I love Nene, but I don't. Austin stand Rivers is bad. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan. Of, they, <laughs> yeah, they have like three of my top like I don't know eight dislike players in the league on one team. Oh, three. Yeah, Harden, Chris Paul, Chris Paul and oh, Austin you hate Rivers. Harden too. Yeah, I don't I hate. I, you don't. I don't hate them. I said that's why I said dislike. I know. I went there. I will say this. Some weird james harden has intense security okay so when he finishes his pregame like routine he like he leaves the the bench and you know some teams like lebron and different teams they have their own security there standing around like the court and they travel with the team and all that stuff in some arenas you're very exposed as a player and i, I did not blame yeah. them. yeah 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 don't blame us stuff but the james harden has has his guy and uh, I'm assuming it's part of his his team because I actually walked out right behind James Harden of the arena tonight, and that same guy was walking beside him, like pushing a suitcase. So I'm assuming it's like James's guy. But it was just James- a suitcase full of those like trolley James Harden beards, the gummy candy. It was just, <laughs> it was just a suitcase full of those. I don't know. I might have had some referee jerseys, and they were they were coming out. And when he ends his like pregame routine, he like runs off. But like before he ran off. Everybody's like, hold up, hold up, move, 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 move. And they're like, tell, like yelling at everybody to move around. And he takes off running like towards the tunnel. 
the guy in the suit is running behind him. And like he <laughs> like, runs like he, those guys running next to Kim Jong un's car. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this guy was running and ran with James Harden through the like through the tunnel and everything. And there he is, full fledged suit and everything, running, not like a slight jog. And, like full on sprinting with Harden. And I'm like, dang, y'all, y'all are taking this hardcore. That's his anyway. don't mess with his money, man. That's where his money man is going. Um we have to talk about Luca blocked Harden's step back. The Padwan has become the master. Yes, it was a great block. Uh, I thought his block on Capella was outstanding too. He was up there for that block. <laughs> Who said he's fat? Who said he's unathletic? He blocked Capella and Harden's step back in the same game. Come at me. Also, somebody came at, a Mavs fan came at me tonight and like put me in their tweet and said Hey, pretty much taken up for Luca's defense, and they like tagged me in the tweet and said, "I'm looking at you, Isaac, uh, for saying that he's a bad defender." I mean, we he and, is a bad defender. And I'm like, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm not saying he's like the worst defender in the league. I think we can all. It, it's a safe space, okay? This the podcast is a safe space. <laughs> I think it's okay to say he's not the best defender. Like he need, he has a lot of improvement. If you had to pick one area of Luca's game that he needs to improve on the most, can we say defense? Lateral quickness, probably. Okay, so, so anyway, ways, but. I'm like, don't, yeah. Anyway, that's where I was going. <laughs> so he blocks Harden. It's just a great, it, uh, the guy that takes the second most step backs in the league and makes the second most step backs in the league would know the rhythm to block a step back. It's just kind of funny. He's like, yeah. I know this. He, and he even mentioned it after the game, too. He's like, I knew that he was going to do that. And uh, I just got, kind of guessed right. It's pretty much what he said. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, Let's talk about let's break down the final play and then we'll hear from Luca. All right, Isaac. Um, let's break down the final play first. So with less than a minute left, the Mavericks are the Mavericks are down by one point. Yeah. And Luca calls off a screen from Dwight. Dwight kind of kind of walks down towards the block. Luca is being guarded one on one by Harden. He pretty much cleared out the whole. He cleared out the whole court. Everyone, everyone's gone. They're back. They're back at the locker room. <laughs> yeah. He drives past Harden, which was nice. Harden was swiping at the ball from behind. Harden could have easily, easily gotten his sixth foul on that play. Yes. I think. Yes. He dumped it to Dwight Bell and got a dunk off of it. Uh, so no, they weren't down. I think yeah, it's tie no, game at that point. No, no, they were down. Um, they were down three. They're down three at that point. And so they dump it to, to Dwight Powell. He gets a dunk. Now it's 93, 94 on the other end. Harden gets his one-on-one against Brunson and Brunson stuck with him as best he could. And then Harden throws up this floater, this running floater that it looked like Dwight blocked from your angle. Did you think Dwight blocked that shot? No, I didn't think he did because Harden didn't even hit the rim. Yeah. It just looked like an air ball from my point of view, but Harden just threw it up and didn't even give yeah. it a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I think somebody got some kind of hand on it, whether it was Jalen or, or Dwight. I watched it back a couple times, and you just can't tell. But He probably thought he was going to get a foul. I mean, that happens every other that, time. That goes back to my, my point before. So <laughs> then we had the last play. Seven seconds left. The Mavericks did have a timeout. I couldn't yes. see – you can't see Carlisle very well on the broadcast, but he didn't. He wasn't trying to call a timeout. He was just, tr- no. he was just telling him to run through it to, and to go. No sooner does Luka pass half court. Then he is triple teamed, legitimately triple. Go to my Twitter at Nick Van Exit. There's a screenshot of it that is just hilarious to look at. Luca is triple teamed by James Harden on the right, by PJ Tucker on his left, and 
Uh, Clint Capella right in front of him, and Dwight Powell is right there. Triple teamed Isaac. What what kind of rookie gets triple teamed coming over half court? A rookie with yeah. really bad teammates or a really good rookie? You know, so <laughs> yeah, does Trey Young get triple? <laughs> um, yes, Rick yes, talks. Trey does get triple teamed. I'd like to I'd like to be on the record saying that yes, that does happen. Because there's nobody else for him to throw to. Um, is Kevin well, Herter shots the best? at Kevin Herter? Is Kevin Herter the did Dwayne Wade exchange jerseys with the best Hawks rookie? Um, no, Omari Spellman's still out there. <laughs> I like Spellman. No, I think the Rockets played it. They obviously played it perfectly. Oh, I mean, just I, perfect. I think I think a. I mean, when you when you run these plays where when you go with as in Rick's mind, you let teams you know play it out. You think you're trying to take advantage of the chaos of just guys scrambling, trying to find people to guard and all this stuff. And your goal is when, when Luca takes off down the court, people are still scrambling and stuff, trying to find their matchups that it opens up the floor. You can make your play. Rick talked about it after the game. He said, you know what? I put my trust in my guys and my best two playmakers in Brunson and, and Luca that they could get a good shot. And he goes, obviously in hindsight, I should have called the timeout. Um, but in the moment he said, I just trust it. It was just my gut. It was obviously his call and say go for it and and how the, many times this season have we seen luca just step up no timeout just walk out there and hit a shot like against the rockets yeah. before against minnesota we, we've seen him do this over and over again and yeah so with seven, seven seconds left i mean you're going down the court he could drive through the basket he could hold it up and try to run a, a quick you know pick and but houston played it exactly like they should have you throw three guys at Luca and dare somebody else to beat you. It's what we just said with PJ Tucker hitting a three. If you're Houston, you know what? It would suck to lose that game, but it's much better to, to lose that game on Jalen Brunson, you know, tough shot over Chris Paul instead of Luca dagger one on one. And they were able to throw three guys at him because because Dwight was up trying to set a screen and Luca he couldn't set a screen because there's three guys on him, but but Dwight Powell's right up next to Luca. And so that allows Clint Capella to go over and help too, and that creates the triple team instead of just the double team. Yeah, PJ and Tucker, remember, okay, oh, Luca embarrassed the crap out of him earlier this season. So um, yes. when he went on that eleven and zero run against Houston and Dallas on his own and all this stuff, you know what would have sucked even more for him if he you know hit a dagger and went uh, you know beat him again. So yeah, them throwing three guys at him—that's what you got to do. And they played it good. They played it perfectly. Brunson is wide open on this play. Luca throws it right to Brunson. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is under the basket, and who's the who's the last guy in the court? Tim Hardaway Jr. is overstanding in the corner, being um, not as good at shooting as we wished he would be. He went three for seven tonight. Get off of him. <laughs> and so Luca flings it over to Brunson, tries to get his 10th assist, and then Chris Paul just totally read what Luca was going to do. Chris Paul is under the basket next to Dorian Finney-Smith, so Luca can't just throw – can't just throw – a lot of people were saying on Twitter, they're like, "Why didn't Luca just fake a pass and then throw it to to Dwight, who oh, was come on. who's diving?" Here, There's two point seven seconds left. There's not enough time for that no. to, that all that to, to happen. Another person I seen was like, "Why didn't they call a timeout when he got triple team?" Got there was like two seconds left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like I know that. In your in your perfect world, it's like oh, there's triple team. Call the timeout when he gets triple. And Brunson's wide open. Fast. And one Brunson's <laughs> wide open on on the right wing. So if he flings it yeah. over to Brunson a second faster, Brunson's able to get that shot off. But yeah. Chris Paul sees exactly where Luke is going to throw it, 
and he he's closing out. You can see in the screenshot that I that I posted, he's literally closing out before Luca even passes the ball. He sees where he's going, so that's why he's able to get there so quick. Brunson tries a side escape dribble, doesn't get it off. Chris Paul blocks it. Game ends. They get all excited and amped, whatever, and that ends the game. Man, it was a it was a tough last play, and you you really wish they could have got a shot off. But what else what else do you even do there? I mean, I think he I think you probably call a timeout and. And try something else, and that's exactly what Luca said. So let's hear from Luca at the end of this. This is uh, this is Luca talking about the last play and uh, whether or not he they he thinks that they should have called timeout. We appreciate we appreciate that your coach showed the confidence in you and Jalen to run that last play, not to call a timeout. That he trusted that you would make a good decision as you did. I mean, it was a uh, not a lot of time, you know. So. I think honestly, uh, we should have called a timeout. Honestly, so, but you know, it's it was the last play. Uh, you know, like I said, I almost want to get a last shot. I feel comfortable with it, but it couldn't be. So we got it off for this. Oh, losing for me is always, always hard. You know, I was so mad at the end of the game. I think uh, some people could see that uh, I was mad. So, but it's just uh, the way I want to play. You know, I want to win always. Same. Always want to win. Always. <laughs> yeah, he thought that they should have called a timeout. Carlisle says they thought they should have called a timeout. It's kind of like a revisionist history at this point because it already happened. But you call a timeout and try to draw something up at that point. Yeah, I mean, what well, uh, Rick said in hindsight, yeah, he should have called a timeout. But he kind of stuck to his guns afterwards of saying, hey, I trust the, I trust the guys. I, you know, I trust my playmakers to get a good shot. And, yeah, I mean, Luca just – flat out there wasn't a lot of time left so uh we should we should have called the timeout and um you know it's unsure if did they talk about that well they didn't really have a talk uh, be able to talk about it before that play but um yeah i mean i think it's okay i, I don't think this is anything that the mavericks did bad in the last possession it wasn't no. like a bad turnover or something like that i just i really think houston just played it perfectly like they should have and Chris Paul made a veteran, super smart play to yep. get over on Brunson. And I, I think, you know, the only debate is should Rick call the timeout? And I, I, I don't even blame Rick for that. I mean, it's just a, it's just a decision. You, Luke, the ball's in Luca's hands, you know, or for the most part. It's not like you spent four seconds of the seven seconds getting the ball in Luca's hand. Luca brought the ball down the court. This is what, you know, you just rolled with that instead of, yeah, it's just a decision. So I don't have a huge issue with how the, the last play where yeah I'm with it sucks you. but there's a difference between a mistake and just a wrong decision right yeah 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 that's what i'm with with it this is luca on the refs i mean you no know, it's just my rookie year so i think you know uh i'll gain some respect from them maybe next season you know and just you know it takes a lot of a lot of work to do that okay i what i really wanted to pull from this clip it takes a lot of work to get that. To get what? The respect from the refs? I never understand this, ever. In, in in NBA basketball, the idea that players believe you have to get respect from the refs. And I understand, I understand why they, they feel the need for this, but I understand how, like, I don't know. I guess it's just because the refs are human. They're a human part of the game. And yeah. that, that players feel like if they are a better player, they get better calls. That yeah, play in your due time. It can't be in the game. Yeah, because this is—that's where you get all these guys complaining. Like we were just talking about James Harden, and it ruins the game. Yeah, it's not. 
Yeah, there's no such thing as hey, a foul is a foul. Nope. <laughs> there's there's fouls that certain superstars get and uh, not, and there's fouls that veterans get. Uh, I mean, if we're just being honest about it, Dirk gets some fouls that are not all that most people don't get those fouls. Uh, the foul in which Nene runs into Dirk tonight, that's probably not a foul on a lot of different people, but Dirk gets that call. You know, if you're going to bump Dirk in his 21st season, he's going to get the call and he deserves it. He should. There you go. I mean, that's just, that's just how the NBA works. And that that's just part of part of it. But uh, I thought something, I thought a low key thing, uh, uh, Lucas said tonight when, when it's, he talks about imitating James Harden's game, <laughs> In which he says, you know, the step back, yes. And he said he's uh, learning from, and he meant this in a total serious way. He didn't like smile or anything. Uh, I was learning how to draw fouls like Harden. Yep. I, I he said, I wanted to learn that. the step back and wanted to learn draw fouls on Harden because he does it. He's a, he does it amazing. He is so amazing. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was a great Luca quote. This is uh, Luca on the triple team at the very end, that last play. Yeah, it was obvious. You know, I saw, I think that was Capella, PJ, and Harden. No, there was three. I had to pass the ball, so it'll be a really bad shot if I were to take the shot. <laughs> Do you call him Harden? Harden? Harden. He just has Harden. an accent. Don't make fun of his yeah. accent. You have I'm an not accent. I'm not making fun of it. I do. I, I really do. <laughs> it's country. Um, I love that he said it would have been a really bad shot if I would have taken it. <laughs> I just think that's really funny. I would have been down. I mean, if he would have took it, I mean, we would have been okay with it. I mean, a step back with honest. three guys on you, that's a legendary shot right there. If he shot, okay, imagine if he shot it just inside half court on three of them and drained it nothing but net. That just, I mean, Trey Young pulls would, up from the logo every once in a while. It's the Bulls logo, so it's a little bit wider than uh, most logos, but he did pull up from the logo. Well, uh, yeah. It's got the that horns. He like, pulled up from the from the horn that's closest to the basket, so it's not like he pulled up from half court. It was decent. Yeah, I mean, we can, we can remember that. Uh, one of his, like, two or three highlights of the season. If I have to think back of some of all of Luca's this past season. <laughs> all right, this is the last thing from Luca and the last thing from us. Um, here's somebody that uh, – here's somebody asking just this ridiculous question about Luca and the fans. I thought Luca's answer was really good. The question was not as good. What do you think about the fans tonight, just the energy in the building? And- oh, I, love, I love our fans. You know, they're always there. Uh, we have we have a best streak, you know. They still show up, you know. I really appreciate it, and I hope this never ends. You know, I hope they keep coming. It will never end as long as you're Luca, here. As long as you're here, you. Luca. Also, is he low key talking about the sellout streak? <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I asked that Which, question. Is the Maverick but, sellout streak continued? Is it hasn't been broken yet, right? I think it's still going. Hold on, let me check my my Mavs PR emails. Let me see if. Um, I asked that question because, man, hats off. If you oh, yeah. Isaiah asked arena, a question. I was messing earlier. If, you, if you're in the arena uh, on Sunday, man, uh, so much respect to you. That place was rocking, and uh, it, it was just amazing atmosphere. Good work, guys. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, solid work. When Nene was shooting free throws, Harden, uh, man, the crowd was just giving it to him. I was, yeah, I was super impressed. It's, it is it is confirmed from Mavs PR. The tenants yeah. for night, tonight's game was 20,423. The Mavericks now sold out 711 consecutive regular season home games, which is an NBA best sellout streak. The streak began on December 15th, 2001. Let's go. The sellout right, streak, man. Tweet me 
if you are younger than the Mavericks sellout streak. I would like to know how many of our listeners are younger than the Mavs sellout streak that started in December yes, of 2001. Please. So if you Tweet are... Tweet us both. Put it, tag the lockdown. Oh my gosh. You could be 18 years old and be younger you than You could us. be 18. If you listen to this gosh. podcast and you're... <laughs> you're if you are 17, you're younger streak. than this, than the sellout streak. <laughs> gosh. I mean, I, was, I wasn't I was that old too. I was nine years old when this sellout streak started. Still, yes, please please tweet us so we, we know. The Mavericks have also sold out an additional 67 playoff games during that stretch. Wow. Wow. Sellout streak's just starting. And Luca, Luca wants it to keep going forever. Guys, there you go. That's, that's it from us today. We'll be back tomorrow all week. We're here. We're back. Enjoyed the weekend, but uh, but yeah, we're excited about the Mavericks going forward and uh, the the uh, tank standings. Keep watching that. Go Tar Heels, beat Duke again. Duke sucks. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>